This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Kia ora koutou katoa, kua huhi mai nei, mō tēnei o My name is Peter Barron and I am the radio pharmacist and I'm here on OAR 105.4 FM every week. Over the next half hour, we will talk about how and why and when to use medicines and other matters concerning your health. If you missed the show or wish to listen to today's show or previous shows, these are available on podcast. I'm always happy to talk about any specific issues or questions that you have, and you can contact me at The Radio Pharmacist on Facebook or on my website at radiopharmacist.co.nz. Norida, no mai, haere mai, and let's get started. And kia ora and welcome. This is Peter Barron, the Radio Pharmacist, uh, back with you again today. Sorry I couldn't make it in last week, but back on my uh, normal Tuesday slot, uh, just afternoon, for uh, where we talk about uh, things pharmaceutical and things medical and other interesting things that are going on around the world in terms of terms of health. So just a reminder that uh, if you want to listen to today's show again or if you have missed it, it is available on podcast. You can do that uh, through the uh, station site, which is oar.org.nz, or you can go to my website, radiopharmacist.co.nz. both cases, click on the podcast link, type in Radio Pharmacist, and select the show that you want to listen to. So today I thought that we would go back <coughs> to talk some more about COVID. There's been some interesting developments over the uh, the last little while and they're developments that are, I think are worth us considering. So it's interesting to see that it looks as though uh, the government has made the decision that they're going to uh, reserve the right to uh, bring back in new COVID regulations, but looking at the latest uh, information that came through this morning, it seems like they're taking out lockdown mandate uh, rules, etc., and they're going to replace this ultimately with uh, perhaps something that's more specific for pandemics. I think that uh, we've the world got caught with our pants down to a degree with COVID. And the response has been very varied. I mean, the key thing is that COVID hasn't gone away. And I noticed this morning a comment from Dr. Fauci in the States, who's bemoaning the fact that people are seemingly losing interest. He's saying that in the States are still killing 400 people a day. And um, that, you know, what's of particular concern is that there are new variants floating around. Um, we've noticed a bit of an uptick in New Zealand over the last little while. So COVID's still in our in our community. I notice I've, I'm part of the flu tracking uh, website, where, uh, which some of you may belong to. And I notice that the, uh, the influenza levels whilst they've dropped, are still not, uh, they still seem to be just going up slightly. So those respiratory illnesses are still around. Um, I think the key thing uh, that we're going to talk about today is don't let the guard down. Um, I'm certainly still wearing my mask. I notice that I'm sort of getting to be in the minority, which does concern me, but I will continue as a matter of uh, both being a health professional and more importantly as a as an individual. I do not want to uh, get COVID again. I've had COVID. I didn't enjoy the experience. 
Um, I don't know whether it's still affecting me. I'm going to talk some more about that uh, that shortly, uh, because long COVID is becoming a very significant issue for a very significant number of people. And whilst we appear to know what the symptoms are, we don't appear to know exactly what the cause is. But uh, obviously this pandemic has been widely studied now. There's a massive information coming in. There's a massive information being digested. And uh, what's very clear and remains very clear that uh, our best defence at the moment is uh, A, don't get it. So that's where uh, masks become very very helpful because it is a respiratory disease and secondly making sure that we we are uh, fully vaccinated now that advice has been evolving over time it was always going to evolve over time in Australia and elsewhere in the world I see that um, there are second generation vaccines now available which have the original variants plus some of the new um, Omicron variants giving cover to those um, it's it seems empirical to me that uh, vaccination uh, is the best way of uh, of getting getting protect, protecting yourself against uh, any of these uh, respiratory diseases and a whole range of other diseases. I don't think there are terribly many people listening to us today who. Um, don't believe that we should be vaccinating against polio, that who um, would refuse to have a vaccination against tetanus. And uh, I, there's, whilst there's a small group in the, in the community who uh, are definitely anti-vax, they are a very small group. And if you look at things like measles, which is a terrible disease, um, but we've got quite complacent about it, if you like. And so, I mean, there's, there are programs in place, not just in New Zealand, but all around the world, where um, for measles, mumps, rubella, the MMR vaccine. And that's just regarded as standard. There are a whole set of standard vaccinations which we have as, have as children, which protect us. And just remember that vaccinations, the purpose of a vaccination is to actually expose and train our immune system. And I repeat again, uh, when we're talking about immunity, then when we're born, we're basically, uh, from an immune point of view, we're naive. We're naive in that the only, um, the only things that our immune system will have been exposed to are the things that uh, we get from our mother. Now, so, and that's why if you look, if you think about your life, if I think about my life, as children, as babies, as we went through uh, being young children to older children, we got all of the all of the childhood illnesses and they were quite frequent, they were quite distressing at times. Uh, most of us, not all of us, but most of us as we get into our adult life, then we don't have too much trouble with um, those common illnesses. Some of them come back to haunt us later in life. Um, and that, once again, is just a function of our immune system. So when we're, we're born, uh, as I said, we're basically naive in terms of the external world and the things that we need to be, uh, our immune system deals with. As we build up experience through life, then our immune system improves. 
And then as we get older, some of that, uh, you know, the systems start to wear out. We get a little, we get a little tired. We develop, uh, we develop some of the autoimmune diseases, etc. So we we expect that. So the times that we're, I guess, most at risk are when we're very young, and in our later years. And if we're unlucky enough to, to catch uh, illnesses like cancer or some of the autoimmune diseases, they're going to affect uh, our body's ability to protect ourselves. So I'm still very firmly of the view that uh, we need to be vaccinated. We need to be fully vaccinated. Uh, we had hoped originally that... Um, Vaccination would stop us getting infected. It's become very clear that it that it it doesn't. But what has become equally clear is that uh, the severity of the disease that most of us get appears to be significantly less if we are fully vaccinated. So there's still a huge international push, and I do think we need to follow the science. There's still a huge international push to make sure that. Uh, we are A, vaccinated, we B, boosted, and that we follow up with our other vaccinations as time goes on. That is going to afford most of us the best protection and certainly appear to reduce the severity of disease. So the, um, the other thing that is a little concerning in New Zealand at the moment, I think the latest information shows that the reinfection rates for COVID are now approaching sort of about one in five. So I think about 20% of the cases that are being reported are reinfections. Um, so that that obviously uh, is of concern to us. Uh, we don't know whether those reinfections are the same, uh, the same variant or we're getting infected with another variant. But I think what we can be absolutely certain about is that with the international borders reopening, um, with the population densities that we have, that this virus or its, uh, its antecedents or its, pre its descendants, sorry, are going to be with us for some time. And we're going to, just, we're going to expect that we're going to have COVID in our community. What's also becoming very clear is that there's a and this a very significant international concern about this is that a significant portion of people will continue to experience symptoms long after the initial sickness. So this is what we define as long COVID. And I'm going to go to a break now, but then we're going to come back and we're going to talk some more about long COVID. The Radio Pharmacist, sharing tips and practical advice on the management of a range of healthcare matters every Tuesday at noon on ORFM Dunedin. Taking the time to explore some of the bigger issues around health and wellbeing in simple, easy language we can all understand. The Radio Pharmacist, bold, innovative, sometimes controversial and not afraid to tell it as it is. Tune in Tuesdays at noon on 105.4 FM and 1575 AM or online at oar.org.nz. That's the Radio Pharmacist, every week on Tuesdays at noon.
Welcome back back with Peter Barron, the radio pharmacist, here on my normal slot on a Tuesday. And today we're talking about uh, COVID and in particularly long COVID. So as I said before the, uh, before the music, um, there's been a huge amount of research going on and CDC researchers in the States, uh, if you're interested in knowing more about this, uh, if you do uh, go onto the Guardian uh, newspaper website, you'll find there's a very interesting series on COVID and they're looking at the effects of long COVID. So what happened in the States is that the researchers poured through literally millions of American health records looking for patients who might have long COVID. Now, figuring out who's got the condition isn't that easy because there's no there's no test for long COVID um, and because we don't actually know what causes it. So long COVID is, uh, just to give you a definition, is a sort of a catch-all term that describes an array of symptoms people experience weeks or months after they recovered from COVID-19, and usually when they're no longer infectious. Um, and some people will report several symptoms, other reports just uh, one or two. So the, the predominant, just to run through some figures here, the most common symptoms uh, reported by what we will define as long COVID patients, that's two months after their initial illness, are fatigue, where 84% of people um, will will report that. Um, so that's people who've got long COVID. Um, Post-exertional uh, malaise, so that's after exercise, um, 70, 70%, brain fog, 64%, shortness of breath, uh, 61%, uh, tightness of the chest, 56%, so what they call sensor, sensory motor, that's like tingling, etc. 55%, headaches and related types of issues, um, 53%, insomnia, not being able to sleep, 51%, memory issues, 50%, muscle aches, 50%, heart palpitations, 49%, tachycardia, that's your heart racing, 44%, dizziness, uh, vertigo, balance issues, 43%, breathing difficulty, 42%. So they're fairly astounding figures. Now, uh, obviously, the next question is a lot of those symptoms you get if you haven't had COVID. So what they then did was they then looked for those symptoms amongst people who had been diagnosed with COVID, and they discovered that about 38% had experienced a long COVID symptom between 30 days and a year after they were infected. 
And when they looked at people who had not been diagnosed with COVID, then they found that about 16% experienced one of those symptoms. So what you do the sums on that, that suggests about 22%. So about one in five people experience uh, one of those symptoms, apparently as a consequence of COVID. Now, there's been a whole lot of other studies to sort of look and see who's most at risk. And it does appear that older people may be at a slightly higher risk um, of developing long COVID symptoms, notably sort of kidney and mental health issues. But the risk is not that much lower for younger people. So we're not talking about a really significant, uh, significant difference. What the research also showed is that people who are hospitalised with COVID-19 are probably, and they're using these probably, at higher risk of developing long COVID symptoms with those compared to those who are not. Um, but we still make the point that even people who had a mild case of COVID have a pretty good chance of experiencing long COVID symptoms. So the difference was in terms of, just to give you the figures, if you were hospitalised for COVID, then 54% of people developed long COVID symptoms, had COVID but not hospitalised, it was 34%. There's also some evidence, although that's been contested, I suspect, by some people, that um, women are more likely to develop long COVID symptoms. Um, and that's, there's just been some analysis, what they call meta-analysis, so they take all the studies and they go and look at all those and it appears though for some reason women have a slightly higher risk level. Um, what's also clear is that uh, being vaccinated may reduce your chances of developing long COVID. Um, and there's one very large study that looked at the records of 26 million people and um, found that if you've been vaccinated, then you were significantly less likely to experience at least one of those symptoms. But it's not altogether clear-cut. There have been some other studies um, that show a differing result. Uh, there appears to be uh, some uh, issues around uh, race and cultural background um, in terms, and that's, I mean, whether that's a reflective of the fact that um, to do with sociodemographic issues, to do with poverty, etc., cetera, um, that, that's a little uncertain at the moment. Um, so, but there are certainly uh, some clear risk factors and they that if so the clear risk factors where where there's a high level of virus RNA in the blood, uh, people with pre-existing type two diabetes, um, the Epstein Barr virus, and the presence of autoantibodies. So that suggests that people who have got autoimmune diseases may also be uh, certainly at risk. The the, the undoubted. Uh, thing about long COVID, it's going to cost the world a lot of money. Um, it looks at this stage, it's not only the uh, are a lot of people being affected, but the condition also affects younger people who will suffer from the condition through several decades of life and where it may compound other, uh, other illnesses. So, I mean, the estimate in the US alone is that condition will cost the US economy 
uh, about $2.6 trillion, which is about a tenth of annual US GDP. So, I mean, they're fairly startling figures. The other thing is that, which uh, is may or may not be uh, included in that analysis, is the fact that uh, long COVID reduces people's ability to work. And uh, the study so far suggests that about two and three people had their work schedule affected by by this this disease. So that's going to contribute to uh, labour shortages. Uh, so there's a there's a whole lot of uncertainty around this whole issue, obviously. So I mean, my advice uh, as a health professional, my advice as a, a person who's had COVID, my advice from uh, my research, and I know that some people out there listening to this will say, well, we we don't altogether agree with that. Is I still firmly believe that we need to be protecting ourselves. We need to be wearing masks, and we need to being be vaccinated and we need to be aware of these long COVID symptoms because I suspect there's a lot of people in our community who are suffering these effects and not perhaps realising it. So folks look we're out of time, uh, thanks for listening to me today um, I'll be back again next week Nō reira, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā katoa Well folks, all good things must come to an end and we are out of time for today Thanks for listening, and I hope that you've found today's Kōrero useful. If you have a question for me or a subject you would like me to discuss on the show, please message me on The Radio Pharmacist on Facebook or at my website at radiopharmacist.co.nz. If you missed today's show or previous shows, they are available on podcast at oar.org.nz. This is Peter Barron, The Radio Pharmacist, signing off OAR 105.4 FM for today. So until next Tuesday at noon... This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.